And takes a minute to say it start recording and now it is recording. Okay. Oh, hold on. Let me open up my Sodi pop. Oh yeah, go ahead. <laughs> fizzle, fizzle. Welcome back to another episode of the Pixelated Podcast brought to you by GeekLegacy.com. Justin and I are here and we have a plethora of news. If you are a Nintendo fan specifically, uh, the most recent Nintendo Direct has dropped and we have all the announcements and all of our thoughts and feelings wrapped up in one cute little bundle to deliver to you. Justin, how are we doing today? I am fabulous, Stephen. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, shall we just dive right into it? Seeing as we have, you know, 50 different games <laughs> to talk about here. There's a lot. Yeah, not going to lie. I, uh, this was like one of the first Nintendo Directs in, in a long time that I was able to watch live. So I felt pretty good about that. Yeah, Nintendo Directs are always um, kind of a mixed bag because they're never short on announcements unless they're specifically for one particular game. You know, we've seen Smash Brothers, Animal Crossing, stuff like that have dedicated directs in the past but a traditional normal nintendo direct i feel like there's something for everybody mm-hmm. and overall i was excited for it there was a lot of stuff in here that i didn't realize i was gonna be excited for a couple of things i was a little disappointed on but i mean like i said it's <laughs> there's a lot to process in here sure all right well we got a lot so why don't you go ahead and get started Kicking it off, we saw the newest character for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate uh, from Xenoblade Chronicles 2, introducing Pyra and Mithra. They'll be added as a dual character next month, so you won't have to wait very long. This is uh, character four out of six in Fighter Pass Volume 2. They also, as usual, will be made available for purchase separately if you don't want to buy the full pass. But think of traditional Zelda Sheik able to transform back and forth between the two. Uh, they each have their own specific uh, move sets, smashes, all that fun stuff. So you can obviously mix and match and go from there. But more love for Xenoblade Chronicles coming to yeah. Smash Brothers, which is awesome. Totally. And did you ever play Xenoblade Chronicles on or Xenoblade on 3DS or maybe even the Chronicles on the Wii U or yep. now on Switch? <laughs> Never touched a single one of these. OK, yeah, I I have. Uh, the first Xenoblade Chronicles that came out on Wii U, but I never even, I don't even think I opened it. I just kind of wanted it because of the little mechs and everything. And that was in the, that game was featured in the very first Nintendo Direct. I don't know if you remember that ages ago, but mm. I remember thinking, whoa, what are these cool mechs? I got to have this game. And, and while I have it, I never played it. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, when they do these reveals, I'm like, who the hell is this character? I had no idea who it was. And the game's right there in front of me. Yeah, and this was kind of cool because we didn't really have too much of a buildup into this announcement. Um, there were some rumblings that, oh, they'll probably announce another character or show something off for Smash Brothers, which always seems to be the case with any Nintendo Direct. But I feel like the more recent character announcements, we've had leaks, we've had buildups, we've had all this hype going into it. This came out and I was actually kind of genuinely excited because, cool, I have no idea who these characters are. I have no interest in this franchise, but... It excited me because it's something different and new uh, that I can experience versus, you know, a seventh or eighth character in the Mario or Zelda franchise that we're all just kind of over with at this point. So fun stuff. Yeah, I don't I don't know who else they could add, but there are a lot of human uh, humanoid type of characters. 
I feel like at this point you're just kind of reusing the same types of characters, just different skins. Right. Yeah, you because know, I would love some Golden Sun representation, but you're basically pick a sword character. That's basically what Golden Sun characters would be like in that game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, Bowser Jr. would be cool if he's just in a cloud and you can't touch him. And all he does is just drop fucking bombs. On you all day long. <laughs> is that your easy mode for this game? <laughs> That's what I need. <laughs> or like uh, the Cranky Kong. And he's like, I'm a meme. <laughs> I can do one of those. <laughs> yeah, there's just so much effort that goes into this title. And it's always funny to me when people get upset because the character announced isn't who they were expecting was to be announced. But I mean, you're talking about a game that literally combines the best of every single Super Smash. Like this is the definitive edition of Super Smash Brothers and it continues to grow. Right. So yeah, it'll be 80 characters with these two new ones, Pyra and Mithra. Yeah. And there's still two more in this particular fighter pass and there's still a couple more fighter passes coming up. So who knows where this roster is going to end? Yeah. I don't know, man. And also we've talked about it briefly, but like, how do you create sequels to this? Like this is, this is the end of super smash brothers. It has to be right. Right. That's, that's just it. Right. Like the whole games as a service changes everything like uh, rainbow six, same thing with uh, siege where they just keep adding new characters, you know, like mm-hmm. Fortnite, same thing, all these amazing skins and characters. It's like, why make a new version when what you have is amazing. You can just add new characters unless there's a fundamental change in how we play video games i see no need for a super smash bros ultimate super mega edition (laughs) unless it just comes with all the fighting passes but to add a number two on it would be ridiculous yeah my uh legendary collection bundle of super smash bros ultimate hope is definitely dwindling down because at this point it's going to cost you like $300 to include all the characters. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, totally. I get it. Uh, I totally get it. I mean, and the thing is like, for me, I don't need any of these DLC characters. Uh, I think that they're neat, but I mean, Bowser comes in the game, so I'm good with Bowser. You got who you need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and not to sell the, the, the roster short. I mean, there was a million fighters in that first you know go around it was over like 60 different characters or something like that so yeah for me i would love to have it just to have every single character and go through and play them because this game just keeps expanding and growing but you're right i don't play it enough to really warrant the need for all those characters if i was more competitive with it or playing online with friends more often maybe but even as it stands right now i'm pretty trash with the characters that come with the game (laughs) i don't need to get my ass kicked with paid dlc oh totally I'm, I'm terrible at smash i just can't figure it out great you and i'd be great partners then yeah like david's kids you know they just beat the hell out of me for like two weeks and i just i i, I was i won one time and i just retired champion i'm like that's it i'm done i had a co-worker uh actually two co-workers the three of us played for like an hour and a half one day at work and one of our guys was so good he literally beat us with the entire roster like that's just how good and competitive he is. He knows every single character. I think I got two wins in there. One of them with, was like with Donkey Kong of all people. I was like, yeah, trusty old DK can always go yeah. back to him. That's great. 
So that was the start of the Nintendo Direct, and it really just got the ball rolling from there. Uh, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout coming to the Nintendo Switch in the fall. Uh, Justin, I don't know if you've ever played this game, but it kind of came up around the same time as Among Us and really took the world by storm. And it's still going pretty strong right now. Right. No, I haven't played it yet. I almost picked it up over the weekend on Steam. And and it's funny you mentioned Among Us because I thought Fall Guys and Among Us were the same thing for like the first like two <laughs> weeks of existence. I was like, what? <laughs> uh, but it looks adorable. Like when I run around on like uh, this obstacle course and just getting taken out by all kinds of wacky mayhem. I don't know, man. I think it could be fun. It's a very simple game. And it's one of those games that's increasingly frustrating because all you do is run from point A to point B and avoid obstacles. You jump, you dive. There's no real special mechanic to it other than, you know, avoid certain traps here and there. And yet it's always so frustrating when you don't complete it, because like I said, in theory, this should be the easiest game in the planet. And yet here I am 17 games in a row having yet to get out of the first round. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was free on PlayStation Plus, right? When it came out. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, that's right. Well, fine. Yeah. Fun title. So, like I said, uh, coming in fall. Uh, that's one thing I should mention. Uh, this Nintendo Direct, they advertise it as almost every title shown off was going to have a release date for this year or was going to be coming in 2020. Uh, there's one or two examples where they specifically mentioned. Uh, I said 2020, 2021 still haven't processed the fact that we're in a new year yet. There still are one or two examples where they did mention next year. We would, we can expect more information on it, but I thought it was pretty great to you and I have talked about this so many times. Here's all the titles that you can get in the next couple of months versus the watchdog effect effect of here's a game. And maybe four years later, we get more updates on it. Right. That's uh that's brutal. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of that. Or like, um, what the hell? I already forgot the name of the game. Doesn't even matter. Forget it. Forget I even <laughs> said anything. It's so far removed. Yeah. I was trying to think of that stupid Ubisoft game, but it, it, uh, it doesn't matter. While he's doing that, we'll continue right down the list. <laughs> Outer Wilds coming to the Switch in uh, some. I guess I should preface by saying all these games will be coming to the Switch, so no need to specify that. But Outer Wilds coming in the summer. Famicom Detective Club. The Missing Heir and The Girl Who Stands Behind will be available on May 14th. Pre-orders available as soon as the Direct was done. These are two separate games in the same franchise, but the games are sold separately. I thought that was kind of strange because they kind of advertise it as like a bundle pack, but apparently not necessarily the case. Uh, We saw some of Samurai Warriors 5, which will be available this summer. I thought that was kind of neat, especially with, I think, the... The buildup that Hyrule Warriors has kind of given this franchise again. People are interested in it, so excited to see that again. A huge surprise, Legend of Mana will be available on June 24th with remastered HD graphics, all new rearranged music, uh, and a couple of new features to really hammer home the new experience, such as you can skip all encounters, you can make all battles easy. If you want to just focus on the story, you could. Was not expecting this to get announced whatsoever. What does rearranged music mean? Because those games are known for their killer soundtrack. And I don't know what rearranged means. They are redone. They are updated. They are MP3 files. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Versus like the chiptune style or whatever. I guess. Yeah. Okay. So there's not, they're not different notes. It's just processed differently. So it sounds better. It's rearranged. I mean, 
you make a you write a song in 1987, you're going to rewrite the same song again in 2021. It's going to sound a little different. So, okay. And Beyond Good and Evil was the game I was thinking of. By the way, Beyond uh, Good and Evil Two. We had that trailer at E3 like five years ago. That's right. But there was a leak trailer that came out like in 2009. So it's like, are you making it or not? <laughs> Keep forgetting about that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right, cool. I'll, I mean, I'm down. I love the I love Secret of Mana. That's the only one I've ever played. And I had it on Super Tendo and I loved it very, very much. And it was two players, which was cool. Yeah, this is a franchise that I think everyone really adores, especially in the Super Nintendo era. Um, to see kind of it slightly remastered in a way looks really fun. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about it. Like I said, this is one of those things where it was so far removed from my mind. And then I saw I was like, oh, yeah, I can go for some of this right now. There you go. Do it. Play it. Good stuff. Good stuff. And then moving on available March 26th. So literally just about a month away. Monster Hunter Rise um, saw some gameplay footage. I'm sorry. We saw a trailer for that specifically. And we also got the announcement that there will be a limited edition switch console and pro controller, all with the Monster Hunter logo and memorabilia on it. So if you want to snag those up, you are more than welcome to. But Justin, I know you're a big fan of Monster Hunter. I know you've been trying to get (laughs) you try to be (laughs) you try to be. I know you've been trying to get us. Uh, to be involved in the Monster Hunter franchise a little bit more so. So more Monster Hunter. Good thing. You excited for that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I had the the collector's edition ordered for the Switch, uh, like the actual game. Anyway, it comes with an amiibo, so that's kind of cool. Um, but uh, I am not good at Monster Hunter games, and I try, and I usually get about like three hours in, maybe, uh, and then I suck for a while and I need help. And my other buddy, Josh, he's like awesome at Monster Hunter and he just crushes everything. And it it's it's inspiring to a degree, but we're never on like the same schedule to play together. <laughs> so that's why I really want to play with you guys. Um, but uh, it is definitely cool. I'm always excited about Monster Hunter. I'm just terrible at it. And I seem to keep buying the games, even though I am not good at them. But I do think that after playing and completing Dark Souls games, I have a new sort of patience for this type of genre. And so I have not played Monster Hunter in a post Dark Souls world. So I'm excited to give it another go, if that makes sense. Yeah, isn't that weird? I feel like I've had that happen to me a couple of times before where I play one game and go, man, I'm really bad at this. And I don't understand the going on. I play a different game and then I go back to the first game and like, wow, all of a sudden I'm the grand champion of this stupid <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. And uh, that that uh, switch that uh, Monster Hunter switch console version, I think it was like uh, like three sixty nine or something like that. It was it was pricey. Uh, I think it comes with the game, though. Yeah, the branded ones usually do, at least for Nintendo consoles. Um, so they are going to be a little higher up in price. Yeah. But- Look cool. Yeah. I was pick I was picking up them vibes, but uh three sixty nine, yeah, that's what it was. Three sixty nine ninety nine. So there you have it. It looks cool, but I don't know. I've already owned like three or four hour switches. <laughs> so uh it is available. Oh no, I guess it's not available. Uh, it was being sold at GameStop. I didn't see it on Amazon, but I believe I saw an ad for it on 
on some website for Target. So they may or may not have also been carrying it. And your console museum, whenever you decide to open that up, is going to look fantastic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, that's after uh, assuming that my friends don't take everything after I die. Whatever's left over can go in a museum. There you go. About is that, that is that what's going to happen? Is you die? You're going to just make an announcement like the Hunger Games and whatever you can grab is yours? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, so like cornucopia. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> will just run and try and grab stuff. Oh, jeez. No, you know what? I'll have a pecking order and everyone can be mad that they're not, you know, first. <laughs> well, you should make it like a lottery system. It's a pecking order, but you pick out a number out of a hat. There and whatever go. number you get, that's how many items you're allowed to carry home. It could be like Royal Rumble. And then every like three minutes, another person will come into the house to try and take stuff. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's assuming that I die before all you guys. And that's assuming you have the mental capacity to pull off a Royal Rumble. <laughs> sure, I do. I'm a good planner. And I, I manage execution quite well. Well, if I, I <laughs> well, if I go to your funeral and I see a trampoline with ropes around it, I know what's going on. I will be right. ready. <laughs> that's fair. That is fair. Trampoline. Every young person's home wrestling ring. <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway. Monster Hunter. Yeah. Moving on from big scary monsters to super fun and palate cleansing Mario Golf Super Rush available on June 25th. This is another game where pre-orders were available as soon as the Nintendo Direct was done. Uh, if you played Mario Golf before, you kind of know what to expect. However, two new features I thought were really exciting on this. There is a story mode where it looks like you get to kind of start with your own character, go through the ranks. There's little power ups and whatever the case is. And uh, my favorite announcement, Speed Golf, which was you and a bunch of buddies basically tee off at the same time. You have to run to your ball in mass hysteria mode. And uh, basically the first one to get the ball in the hole wins the hole type of situation. But it looked like there was also some power ups that you can do, some little combat elements to keep it fresh and interesting Uh, guns. Yeah, it looks <laughs> like it's going to be absolute madness, and I am here for it. Like 100%. road rash, you got like a chain, and you can just start just being the weakest shit of someone. <laughs> no, we're talking. No, that looked great. In fact, that was I think that was the first game that that really got my attention uh, in this Nintendo Direct. Is this in order? Did you do it in order? I did it in order of the oh, announcement. Cool. Yes. Yeah. So I remember being like, "What?" <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny because like Mario Golf, Mario Tennis, I have a lot of really good memories with those games. Just lots of fun, many hours spent. I'm not a golf or a tennis fan. I don't really necessarily care for those sports. But if Mario's involved, I'm here for it. Sure, sure. I had Mario Golf on the 3DS and I really enjoyed it. I played the hell out of it. I had Mario Golf on the Nintendo 64, I believe it was. Golf and tennis on the Nintendo 64. That was probably the first time I played. Well, that was the first time anyone played tennis, but first time I really got involved with those projects. <laughs> I always liked tennis. I thought it was fun. I'm not particularly good at it, but I enjoy playing it. And I used to watch it like crazy. I was all into tennis. I don't know why. I think it was just a summer where it was just on a lot. <laughs> I got really into it because it, it was too hot. Growing up in a desert, it's like, eh, I'm not going to go outside. <laughs> just gonna eat popsicles and, and watch this tennis match that's going on right now. And then I just got into it. Got watch people hit the ball and scream back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, Monica Sellis, she was a big deal when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And she would just scream like crazy. 
She was like powering up like like Goku and shit. It's crazy. Oh, now there's something I need someone to create. Someone who's better than me, create it, take a tennis match and just like overdub Dragon Ball Z characters on it. <laughs> Probably would look and sound just like a real episode. Yep. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm excited, man. Can't wait. And I think our group of friends would actually really enjoy doing something like this. Yeah, until you play as Bowser and just steamroll over everyone in uh, speed golf mode. <laughs> Excuse me, he gets in his car and just runs everyone over. Uh, there was actually a um, follow-up announcement, I guess, on the Nintendo website where they mentioned King uh, Babam, who was first seen in Super Mario 64 at Top of the Mountain. Probably the first thing anyone ever did in that particular game. Sounds like he's going to be a playable character yeah. as well. So kind of cool to expand the roster a little bit. Sure. You know, that's a. I was going to say, that's another funny thing about Mario games is you have 30 plus years of history and all these different characters, all these variations, not to mention you can lock somebody in a room and say, come up with a new character in four hours or you're fired. And somebody would come up with six characters to save their job. And yet every single one of these games, we always get the same people over and over again. <laughs> Stick with the classics. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm OK with that. Well, yeah. I wonder. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you good. I was going to say, I wonder if that has anything to do with their new direction, because one of the big complaints about the most recent Paper Mario game was that all NPCs were just toads or nondescript NPC characters you would see in any Mario game. Uh, but I guess it's like an internal thing where they're only allowed to create new and unique characters once every so often. And if they do, they have to find a way to get that character in other games as well. So I wonder if that's like a weird marketing thing that they're trying to experiment with. Oh, that is interesting. Hence why, like in most recent Mario games, Toads are audience members and all over the place now. Kind of interesting. Yeah, he uh, Toad is never really. I know a lot of people think he's adorable and everything, but <laughs> like when you play the games, like the most recent ones with with sound and voices, and he's just like, <laughs> just like, oh my god, someone step on that fool! It's a really um, terrible smoker's voice. Yeah. He's got the hole in his throat, and he puts a cigarette right <laughs> up to it. Oh, jeez! Yeah, princess is in another castle. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah, I no, Toad was never my guy. I know in like um, Super Mario Brothers 2, he was kind of cool, um, but I never really played as him. And then I guess in Mario Kart, he was pretty fast. You know, mm -hmm. Yoshi and Toad were like the, the quick ones. Yeah, he was always my go-to character in the original uh, Mario Kart 64. Eventually moved on to Luigi and went from, from there. Mm -hmm. Unless baby Luigi's involved, then I'll pick him too. Oh my goodness. Yes. Team Luigi, all the way. The forgotten brother. Yeah. <laughs> you got the same build. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, right? <laughs> I'm more a Mario build. <laughs> I just but, can't jump as high. Yeah, I have the height of Luigi, but the body of a... The weight of a Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Going into Waluigi territory there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. I'll take it. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Uh, next announcement. We had Tales from the Borderlands coming on March 24th. This includes all five episodes of the franchise. So if you're looking to have a Borderlands experience on the Switch, here you go. That game is pretty fun, by the way. I don't know if you played it, but I completed it and had a blast. Uh, that is one I actually never got into, mostly because I never I played the first Borderlands for a little while and just wasn't my thing. Ironic because I'm 600 hours into Destiny 2 right now and basically the same concept so 
hypocrite is me. But uh, yeah, I never got into the Tales from the Borderlands stuff. It's cool. It's it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's a, it's point and click like you're walking it's Telltale games. Stuff, yeah. yeah, but there are a lot of like action sequences, and uh, I had a blast. And and just the aesthetic for Borderlands has always been kind of fun for me. Just like the junkyard space cowboy vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it's fun. All right. Very good. Uh, Capcom Arcade Stadium. Basically, you can just download and play old school Capcom games. Thought that was kind of fun. It's hilarious because when I saw this, it's like I literally have this on my PSP and I bought that 20, 30 years ago, something like that. So kind of a pass for me. But if you're into that sort of thing, I think they have like different tiers, too. I think there's like three different volumes and each one's like $15, $15, but you can buy all three and save like five bucks or something. I don't know. Yeah, but the I, problem is each one has Street Fighter 2, Super <laughs> Mega, te- some basically Street Fighter 2 insert adjective here edition. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But I think all the other consoles have some sort of Capcom collection. So that's good to be added to the Switch. Uh, not that I want to put this out there because I feel like someone's going to do it and it's going to be terrible, but. I'm surprised that publishers like Capcom haven't just created their own service, EA Play, Ubisoft, whatever, things like that, and just say, hey, for $3 a month, here's access to not only all of our old stuff, but here's some of our newer stuff as well. Sure. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. They do have a, I mean, 35 years of making video games. Yeah, I was going to say, they're not a small company. Like, they... (laughs) They've been around. Yeah. Although That's I just, true. I think it's a matter of just like how many Pac-Man games can you do before you just give up and realize this isn't worth my $3 a month. Right. No, I get it, man. Uh, we saw a port for Stubbs the Zombie in Rebel Without a Pulse. It looks like uh, normal games. You are trying to survive a zombie apocalypse. Here you are the zombie trying to continue the apocalypse. All kinds of fun little gadgets and gizmos. I had never heard of this game. It looked fun, but I'll probably never play it. Uh, no More Heroes 3, available August 27th. I love how they introduced this game and just the look and aesthetic of it. Uh, Travis Touchdown is basically fighting off against a bunch of aliens, but in order to fight the aliens, he needs to complete specific tasks that they give him. And what we saw in the gameplay footage was each task seemed to be a different type of of game. So there was a little bit of like a Final Fantasy 7 vibe in there. There was one that kind of looked like a uh, old school dungeon crawler. So one even kind of had some racing elements to it. So it kind of looks like you're playing a bunch of different games inside of a No More Heroes game. I can dig it. Mm-hmm. Franchise always likes to go a little above and beyond and be extra, and I'm all here for it. There you go. Uh, neon white available this winter exterminate demons in heaven that's all we really heard and we saw a quick little that, that was about it so i don't even remember that one. i'm like what is that what's a neon white? literally started with some guys like why do we need to exterminate demons in heaven because i said so and then it just went to black and I'm like okay cool sounds very anime yeah, a lot of this was very uh, anime heavily inspired. Uh, we saw some extended look at DC Superhero Girls Teen Power available on June 4th. Looks more like a kitty title, not something that I would myself get into, but I can also see a bunch of 45 year old neckbeards playing this game, which oh, is yeah. concerning. Um, I kind of got the vibe that you are playing as DC superheroes 
particularly the female superheroes. And there's kind of like a life simulator to go with it. You can buy certain outfits. You can go shopping with friends. There's all kinds of weird stuff to go with it. I looked at it and said, yeah, big no thank you. But if you're into that sort of thing, hey, by all means, go for it. It's DC Superhero Girls is what it's called. Teen Power. Teen Power. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Teen Power. You, you forgot, you forgot like the other title. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's a lot more to it. Okay. Uh, I feel like every year there's a new variation of this game. Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville, Neighborville, the complete edition, will be available on March 19th, featuring offline play and online multiplayer. Uh, this is not the traditional plants versus zombies type game. This is the, um, what would you call it? The, the multiplayer version where you have, you know, it's more like a war, more like Fortnite, PUBG. Right, right. Like Garden Warfare, I think, was the one where it's more like a shooter, like a first person mm-hmm. shooter, as opposed to like a, like a tower defense. Yes. Got it. I like that. I, I enjoyed um, the Garden Warfare one. I played it on Xbox. <laughs> it was pretty fun. I was so confused after like 20 minutes. Like, I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> this is exciting. Like, right. this is cool. Yeah, no, I dug it. I thought it was fun. It, it looks, you know, it's colorful and cartoony and fun, but I don't, I don't know how much joy I get from either killing plants or killing zombies as a plant. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's for somebody, but it's not for me. But I remember it being, you know, fun for like five minutes. I was like, all right, whatever. I don't eat my vegetables normally. Why would I want to play it? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we saw available on May 21st, Meetopia, which looked like a kind of fun D&D style story involving your actual me's in game. Uh, there's a whole lot of different elements that go with it, such as developing chemistry and characters. Uh, there was some weird clip where one character was trying to do an attack and then another one basically said, nope, I'm stepping in. And it caused the two of them to have some friction. So. Basically like a me babysitter type of thing, but I loved how it was done in a D&D style uh, storyline and setting. It looked kind of fun, to be quite honest with you. And the me games usually provide at least an hour's worth of entertainment before I forget about it for the rest of my life. And I feel like this wouldn't be any different. Sure. Is this a paid game? You know, I didn't even bother to check that out because they didn't mention that in the direct. And I really hope it isn't. (laughs) Yeah, I'm curious. Uh, well, apparently this was originally released for the 3DS, and this is a remaster of it. So I guess there's that. Oh, yeah, I think I remember that, actually. <laughs> I don't like remember in, like, this at all. Like in 2014, maybe? 2015? Uh, also worth noting that the studio behind this remake was Grezzo, who is most famously known for creating Legend of Zelda remakes over the last couple of years. Oh, July 2017 is when the Metopia came out. I remember that now. I remember seeing that target. Well, good for you, because I don't. <laughs> Not my jam. Not necessarily for me. I mean, like I said, it looks like it could be fun and exciting for a little bit. It no, is. Steven, uh, I don't want it and I don't need it. OK, well, I guess you don't need it for 50 bucks either. I don't blame you. Um, moving on. $50 from... USD. I don't <laughs> think so. Holy shit. $5. Well, maybe this next one will be more your style as it is free. Uh, 
on February 25th, which is only a couple days away from us, actually, Super Mario Brothers themed items will be coming to Animal Crossing New Horizons, including items like the Super Mushroom, coins, question blocks, outfits, warp pipes, and more. Um, at this point, I have not booted up my Animal Crossing island in probably a year. And at this point, I am too afraid to do so. Yeah, I haven't played in a while either. I played pretty hardcore for the first two weeks. And then, I don't know, I probably have squatters in my, <laughs> my island now. Oh, my island's probably just turned to the rats at this point. <laughs> I've probably been ousted as their leader. There's probably chaos and anarchy. Yeah, my island's sunk. <laughs> probably got a band of mercenaries sitting somewhere over there. Right. <laughs> and they're making the dog play his little guitar for him. Mm-hmm. Against his will. <laughs> I mean, the items did look uh, kind of cool. And the presentation that they had for it was kind of fun. The warp pipes, I think, would be really neat to throw all over the island. So maybe I'll just throw those in there just to say I have it. Yeah. I mean, I think we're in the minority. A lot of people really, really uh, dedicate a lot of time to their Animal Crossing uh, universe. So good for them. They dedicate as much time to it as I do destiny or final fantasy online as you do warcraft so you know same recipe different outcome sure oh man i'm so glad i've actually taken quite a long break from world of warcraft it's been like i don't know three months now feels good yeah you're not getting that itch to go back in no not really uh anytime a new expansion launches i always like play it pretty hardcore for like the first month and then i'm like it's kind of a waste because once like the next big content thing happens and there's like a sort of this even the playing field and gets everyone caught up. So rather than do all the hard work to get to that point, I can just kind of skip it. <laughs> Fair enough. Since I'm not like in a hardcore rating guild anymore, it's no need for me to push myself to get all these amazing things when it will practically be free in like, you know, a couple months. So it's no big deal. <laughs> and I, I reached out to some of my friends for final fantasy online. I was like, all right, so I'm at this point in the story. I just hit level 55. I got a decent amount of my class uh, skill sets. Good. Where am I at in the story? Like, when can I eventually catch up to you guys so we can start doing some of those raids? That's part of the reason I did it. They go, oh, yeah, you're about uh, 80, 90 percent done with the base story. I was like, "Okay, cool. Wait, what's the base story? Realizing that I have four more expansions to go through. So I got a long ways to go. (laughs) Good luck with that. (laughs) Yeah. By the next time you see me finish that game, I'll have a gray beard. Look like one of those guys from Skyrim. Yeah, up at the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. The throat of the world. Those guys that I still have yet to talk to in my main game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just going to be dead. They're just going to be a bunch of skeletons. When you go <laughs> That's me, one guy sitting in the middle. It's like, we've waited for how long? Yeah. <laughs> that would be funny if there was time sensitive NPCs in in games where it just kind of kept track of how long you've been playing in in <laughs> their time, you know? Oh they're, man, they're not even graybeards. It's like their great grandsons are up there. <laughs> right, right. Because like remember Fable, your character kind of aged and got fat or got skinny. And you know, there were long-term effects to how you were playing. And I mm-hmm. think that, that would be funny if that transitioned both in like age as well for for other games. It's like, well, this big old dragon that we wanted you to kill died of old age. Yeah, so gave up. <laughs> just gave up on life. 
you got bored. There was no real talent here because you were that would all be lollygagging. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It could be, could be interesting. It'd be just like a Metal Gear Solid 3. Just set your game clock ahead a couple of days and boss fight done. Totally. I know there are games where, yeah, I mean, Skyrim, particularly now that you mention it, you know, we were talking about the, the, that guild, like that brotherhood, or not the brotherhood, but whatever the one where you kill people or you're like, a, you become like a contract killer kind of thing. Is that the, are they called the brotherhood? Doesn't matter. There's, there's the way, brotherhood of assassins and then there's another it. one. Okay. Yeah. There's like the thieves guild and then there's like the, the brotherhood of assassins or whatever they're called. But like, if you kill the nice lady, instead of being recruited by her, then that just changes the game completely. So that is kind of cool that there are some sort of, you know, cause and effect and consequences for your actions to some degree. Dark Brotherhood. That's what we're Dark Brotherhood. About. That's it. Yeah, I played the game a thousand times and I couldn't remember that. <laughs> yeah. Brotherhood of Assassins gives you a Assassin's Creed uh synopsis. There you go. <laughs> a little off. It's all the same. It's connected. <laughs> it's the true origin stories of, of Assassin's Creed is Skyrim. Oh man, I don't know if you've seen the newest trend in Skyrim uh footage but people are trying to find out you know the courier that always just shows up in the most random inopportune times yeah, yeah. People, there you are <laughs> people are trying to see how they can find them in just the most obnoxious places uh there was one where someone was getting out of a dungeon and they had to like pull a lever and this elevator thing kind of came down and as they did that the courier was in the elevator just like i have a letter for you <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome the timing was impeccable oh i love it that's that's pretty cool. All right. Uh, moving on, since we've got like a million more game announcements in here. So probably one of the ones that I was the most excited for was uh, from a new tactical RPG from Square Enix oh. called Project Triangle Strategy, which is a working title uh, launching in 2022. This gave me such Final Fantasy Tactics vibes. I loved it. I love how the backgrounds were super high resolution, super painted, but then the characters were all like 8-bit sprites kind of thing. Or I shouldn't say 8-bit, it was more 16 bigs. It looked more Super Nintendo-esque. Uh, but same kind of vibe. There is a demo available right now. You can check it out. Again, Project Triangle Strategy. Um, I love this. I'm des- definitely going to buy this game when it comes out. It's just, Did you try the demo? I tried the demo. Um, it's exactly what I expected it to be. There's a couple of new elements to it, which is kind of fun. I love how the demo says, oh, we've ramped up the difficulty in this to give you a challenge. And then all my characters died in two turns. Like, that's cool. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. So yeah. there's that. Because Tactics is your that's like your one of your favorite games of all time, right? It's Final Fantasy Tactics. Absolutely. Yes. And I mean, that game itself is a challenge, but it can get easier just depending on how you play it and how you uh, manage your characters here. Right off the bat, you were severely underleveled. So I'm the. I'm totally in favor of this. It's got a very similar storyline where there's just a lot of people with hidden agendas, people backstabbing and all kinds of other nonsense happening. Um, Yeah. Check it out. If you're into that sort of thing, if I haven't bored you yet. Nope, not bored. (laughs) Uh, Then from there, we had star Wars hunters, which is coming later in 2021 titled as a free to play third person shooter uh, developed by Zynga. I get the vibe. This is going to be like a Fortnite, but with Star Wars characters. Right. Kind of thing. So neither of us play Fortnite, but I'm sure both of us might try Star Wars Hunters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I could absolutely be wrong. Maybe it's more like a 
easier version of Battlefront. Um, but just like I said, with the kind of cartoony vibe and the way that it was being advertised, I really get the sense that this is going to be something along the lines of Fortnite, where it's a free to play, easy game. Um, you're investing money so you can purchase, I don't know, a pink skin of the Mandalorian or something like that. Right. All right. I'm down. So there's that. Uh, moving on, Knockout City coming May 21st. Uh, basically looks like it's Splatoon with Dodgeball. I feel like it was a 10-minute trailer and I was not excited at all for <laughs> any of it, but here we are. <laughs> uh, World's End Club available May 28th. A lot of these games available in the next couple months, by the way, if you haven't caught on to that. So that's coming up. Uh, one that got a lot of people excited, a physical release of Hades. This game kind of just took the world by storm late 2020 this will be available on march 19th it comes with a pc download code for the soundtrack as well as a 32 page character compendium so if you really are into the hades lore and franchise this is definitely going to be the installment for you Mm -hmm. now i noticed that the game is the physical version is 40 dollars, but i could have swore the digital copy was 20 am i crazy I don't think so, but again, you're also getting a character book, a soundtrack, some extra goodies, so consider that the collector's edition. Yeah, maybe. This is going to be one where they're not going to make a lot of copies, so if you're one of those people that wants to have like the uh, you know, a sealed game, and then 20 years from now, you know, like invest in something like that, this is one of those ones to do that. If you want to be the ultimate Hades fan. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I can I can just see them only making a few of these. And then uh, once they're gone, they're gone. Mm-hmm. So something to consider. I know that's a thing now where everyone wants like sealed games. So that people get them raided and everything. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like they turn into like like baseball cards and action figures kind of thing where you're just like, dude, I got a sealed copy of Hades. <laughs> As I say, is that a people thing or is that a justin thing because no, justin no, no. likes to keep everything in shrink no no right? no it's uh i mean that, not because i want to keep it as a collector's item it's just i never got around to it but uh you know when you look at like uh what started all was like that that copy of like mario brothers or whatever right that nintendo right. one that was sealed and, and those investors put together a couple hundred thousand dollars to buy it or whatever um that kind of brought attention to an already sort of cult of uh, video game collecting. I mean, it's the Disney vault type of situation. How before Disney plus, how often do we see commercials of limited time only this animated movie, Snow White, which has been around for a million years at this point is re-released on DVD. It's slightly different. We added two more seconds of director commentary and the cover's a little different and it's mm-hmm. $50. But if you don't buy it today, then it goes away forever and we own your second child soul. Like, <laughs> right. It's like he said, it's that collector's mentality of, well, this thing's going to be around and I'll just pick it up whenever I see it or whenever it goes on sale. But if you're telling me this thing's only in stores for one weekend only, I'm going to run over some people to get to it. Mm-hmm. No, totally. That's um, why Black Friday is such a huge thing. I know. Now it's all online. Yeah, right. It's crazy. So much easier. But yeah, that is just something to consider. I'm I'm not saying do it or not, but I do think that even something like um like Harvest Moon, right? That got the Harvest Moon. What's the other one that's like Harvest Moon? Like a farm game. Stardew Valley. Oh, Stardew no, Valley. Stardew Valley, yeah. 
same thing. That only got a, a handful of physical copy releases. And so there's a feeling that one day you're going to look at it and be like, man, I could have bought that game for $15 and now it's like <laughs> 280 or something stupid like that. Why did I do this? Right. <laughs> um, so something to think about. Uh, next we have the Ninja Gaiden Master Collection available on June 10th. If you really hate yourself, you can get Sigma, Sigma 2, and Razor's Edge all in one nice collective little bundle. Includes all DLC, costumes, and game modes, which is what these Master Collections usually do. Uh, this is a franchise that I always avoided. I played one of them and I was like, this game is so ridiculously difficult, even on easy mode. Not for me, but I also know people that love and adore uh, Ninja Gaiden so much. Mm -hmm. It's hard, man. These games are rough. Yeah, it's a big no for me. I like my games to be, you know, beatable at some point. <laughs> yeah, I like the idiot mode and God mode and just kind of just show me the credits. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next, kind of surprising that we saw this, but Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity Expansion Pass was announced. A purchase bonus will be available on May 28th, featuring a new weapon and costume for Link. The first wave of content will arrive in June, features an expanded roster, new weapon types, new challenges in the Royal Ancient Lab, and newly added challenging enemies. Uh, wave 2, which will come in November, features new character vignettes, new stages, a further expanded roster, and new battle skills for existing characters. Uh, that is all we are giving you because that is all we have been told about this expansion pass. It literally was just a title, a PowerPoint slide with all these things bullet pointed out. Right. And then when there's a new Nintendo Switch console type thing, there'll be an Age of Calamity definitive edition that'll come with all this. All this. Yep. <laughs> Most Just definitely. like they did with uh, Hyrule Warriors. Uh, same thing. Whatever the first one's called. It might just be yeah. called Hyrule Warriors. Just Hyrule Warriors. You got it. Yeah, the one that apparently you had to spend uh, $400 and give away your left kidney in order to purchase. I didn't. I, I got lucked out. I was able to get it at the regular price. Oh, <laughs> but wow. it took some digging. <laughs> yeah, your Hyrule was spelled correctly? And I know, right? Uh, no, it was, it was a process. Because again, like this, they don't make a lot of them, and Nintendo's really weird about just pulling shit off the shelves. And they'll have all the vendors, uh, you know, like your Targets and your Wally Worlds and stuff, uh, send it on back. It's crazy. See, now this is a weird, this is a weird trend because I kind of understand only releasing so many copies of a particular title or product, whatever the case is. But in the case of video games. If you're going to pull all the games from shelves and never release a physical copy, at least make the digital version available at some point. I mean, do you lose money just by having a little link that says purchase here for 30 bucks? Right. So Target, I know Target did does still sell the digital version of Hyrule Warriors. I just wanted a physical copy uh, only because uh, I hate just dealing with the storage space of the switch and just, you know, getting like little SD cards or whatever to or micro SD cards to stick in there. So because of just how small they are and how easy they are and how the low install rate of the physical copies, uh, that's why I prefer physical on my switch. Gotcha. And like we've always talked about, it's always nice to have a bookshelf just full of all your games to look at. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, but Normally, like Xbox, it could be digital. I don't really care one way or another, but uh, especially since the, the backwards compatibility and working across multiple generations, 
that just screams digital to me. <laughs> so uh, makes it far more convenient. But um, I do like the idea of having my little Zelda storage case for my Switch with the little slots for all my little games. Uh, just makes it sort of this all-in-one uh, entity when I travel. Yeah, I hear you. I'm, again, same boat. I still prefer the physical copy, even though it's so backwards and things like Game Pass make my life so much easier. This is nice, but I still prefer this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because one day I'm going to move and I'm going to need 50,000 boxes and then these are going to be heavy. <laughs> I'm going to make my life <laughs> miserable this way. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, Bravely Default 2 announced for a February 26th release date, literally just five days away from here. That is another franchise that I've been really meaning to get into. We've got a lot of friends egging me on, so might check that out there. Uh, Ghost and Goblins Resurrection Your will favorite. be coming out yeah, on February 25th, featuring local co-op, which is kind of exciting if we can actually you know go to other people's houses and not <laughs> spread deadly infected viruses all over the place. But either way, uh, you can you and a pal can join up and go through the difficulty that is Ghosts and Goblins together. Uh, Saga Frontier remastered on April 15th, remastered featuring new scenarios for some of the characters. Um, I have personally never played this game, but the research that I've done suggests that each character has their own kind of storyline to go with it. Some characters that were featured in Saga Frontier now have either expanded or completely new stories to go with it. So if you're a fan, I'm sure you have already pre-ordered and picked this up yourself. And then finally, coming to the end of the stacked Nintendo Direct, Apex Legends announced for March 9th, uh, literally coming up in just a couple of weeks. Again, another one of those free to play shooters that a lot of people are into. Um, kind of cool that you can now take it on the go. So there's that. Yeah. So Apex Legends, what's interesting about that is, you know, it came out out of nowhere in 2019. It was like like in February, basically two years ago, almost to the day or a little over past two years now. Um, and in the first week, it had 25 million players, which is nuts. And then 50 million in the first month. And then somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 million uh, at one point. And I don't even hear anybody talk about this game anymore. It was like the biggest game ever in in a day. And then now I have I don't even know anybody that plays it still, which is kind of sad. Uh, and I actually, you know, it, it takes place in the in the Titanfall universe. And I was telling you last night that I played Titanfall 2 and, and beat it for the very first time. And I had the time of my life. I always liked the first Titanfall, but I never got into Titanfall 2. I owned it, but I, I, I never really gave it two seconds. And I felt bad about that. And so last night I played it and I beat it in a single sitting. It was like five and a half hours. And holy shit, man, that game is incredible. So after I beat it, I was like, man, I want to play more. And I was like, well, I guess I could play Apex Legends. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of funny that just the, the timing on this. But I honestly, I don't know a single human being that plays Apex Legends uh, today. Yeah. And this is also the game that was released without any marketing whatsoever. Like you nope. said, it, they just dropped it and everyone's like, oh, OK, it's available now. Yep, it's crazy. But I mean, there's also uh, the whole Battle Royale uh, mentality was was pretty high on point mm -hmm. in 2019 you, know, you you still had your your player unknown thing the battleground one you have fortnite 
um, obviously Apex Legends and it's just one after another. So it's like the game of the, the next five minutes. But I mean, when you see 25 million people playing in the first week and then 50 million in the first month, you're like, holy shit, man, this is this is a gold mine, right? We've got something here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty nuts. So I'm going to be the idiot that's going to get killed over and over and over again because I have no idea what I'm doing after the game being out for two years. Yeah, uh, it's also a cross-platform too. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. No matter what console you're playing on, you can hang out with your friends. I don't have any friends. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> they just want my video games when I die. They just, they just want your money. <laughs> <laughs> Some friends we are. Yeah, the worst. So um, to round off the Nintendo Direct, the last couple of announcements, we saw A.G. Ionuma, who is the producer and pretty much the Mr. Number Two when it comes to The Legend of Zelda, right behind Shigeru Miyamoto, uh, most recently producer of, I think, everything since the Wii versions of the game. But anyway, uh, he came on camera and I was very excited because we were all expecting an update on Breath of the Wild 2. And uh, Mr. Ayanuma came on to say, here is my update. There is no update. Thank you very much. And then left in a cloud of smoke. Uh, <laughs> I was a little disappointed in that, but they did mention development was going smoothly and everything was still on track. I took that as COVID set us back, but now we're still good, which totally makes sense. Uh, but we were, we were not left empty handed as we did get to see Skyward Sword HD coming on July 16th. Uh, my favorite at part of this announcement is you can not only play the game with the Joy-Con motion controls as you normally would on the Wii version, but you can also switch it up and just play a traditional button-only version of Legend of Zelda, just like you would on any other game. Uh, there's also a special edition Skyward Sword Edition Joy-Cons, which will be available on the exact same day. I believe those are priced at $70 if I did my research correctly and uh for what it's worth skyward sword hd available for 60 dollars. and i wanted to bring this up a little bit because for years so many people have been asking for skyward sword to get an hd remake put it on a console where i don't have to do motion controls we finally get that and now everyone's upset because they got exactly what they wanted um are video game players just the worst people in existence justin <laughs> Uh, I have no comment on that, <laughs> but yes, I think so. Um, just never happy. I don't know. No one knows what they want. They just see something they're like, oh, it's the worst. Uh, people are crazy. I, I, I never played Skyward Sword because I wasn't into the whole Wii controls. So for me, the selling point is being able to use a controller and just see this adventure because it's one of the very few Zelda games that I haven't played. And, um, I was just turned off by the motion control. So it just wasn't something that I was interested in. So now given the opportunity to be able to just pick up my pro controller and play, I'm very excited. It's one of the few Zelda games I actually haven't completed. And because of the motion controls, just not being as fluid as I would have liked, I had to put the game down and said, I can't do this anymore because it's just not working the way it's supposed to. So yes, yeah, seeing that I can play the game with just traditional button schemes and that's, how I can go through the entire thing without losing anything. Fantastic. Um, I'm all aboard for it. I'm here for it. Shut up and take my money. Right. Why is it so hard? <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it's like I said, it's so ridiculous because this is the 35th anniversary of the legend of Zelda franchise. And I think people were expecting 
I don't know, a Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, and Wind Waker Switch HD version of it. Some, they were expecting something big like that to come out. I think Skyward Sword is awesome because this does, and they even mentioned it in the gameplay trailer, like a lot of things that you saw in Skyward Sword were mainstays in Breath of the Wild. It's kind of like a spiritual prequel to it in a sense, just in terms of gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the game itself was fun. It definitely had a lot of really cool elements to it. Again, the biggest frustration being the controllers and the stupid remote not reacting the way I wanted to. But it's always so funny when people get upset that, oh, this is a re- HD remake and it's still $60. Why don't I just go and buy the Wii version for 30, 40 bucks and do that? Yeah, go ahead and tell me how that experience is for you. Right. Yeah, no, it's always absurd. I mean, it is, it's a full game, it's a complete game. And a lot of people probably didn't even pick it up because of the whole uh, motion controls. So I see the value in a full priced game, but. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just a vocal minority because you said it was what, like one of the, the number one selling games this week, right? On Amazon. Best selling game on Amazon. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just, that's the thing with the internet, right? Everyone's given a voice to complain. <laughs> so we're just, we're seeing all of that, but no one's going to take the time to go on and say, Oh yeah, I'm so excited. I can't wait to play this. Here's my receipt and proof of purchase. And yay, it's, this is happening. Uh, we only see the negative. So, yeah and having a conversation with uh our friend tyler at super tyler blue on twitter he made a couple of comments saying like feeling like the 60 dollars was a little less invasive knowing that this game was built from the ground up and not you know throwing a fresh coat of paint over it um we both were kind of in the same motion of doesn't matter it's a remaster i'm gonna buy it because i want to relive that moment and i'll pay 60 70 80 dollars for it and in retrospect, when you think about it, Final Fantasy VII Remake is. It's a little bit of both. It's the same game that we remember, but it's also rebuilt from the ground up to take advantage of modern technology twice. and uh, twice. <laughs> yes. And that is a game that when it's all said and done, you're probably going to spend about two to three hundred dollars for the full experience. We obviously don't know how many parts of it are going to be, but it's just so funny where people's lines are drawn because I don't think they know they drew the line and then they look down the sand and go, I don't see where my line is, but I'm saying it's right here. Right. I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm weird, but I always just equate it to like a trip at the movies. You know, that's going to get me somewhere in the neighborhood of two hours of entertainment and I'm paying 12 bucks for my, my movie ticket. Uh, it's usually when, when Alex and I go together, we usually spend around $50, right? So 25 for tickets and then another 20 or so for a concession because we just like to, get the big tubs of popcorn and a soda and a candy and whatever. Never finish. <laughs> yeah, I don't. And so I just like to have it. So, I mean, that's $50 for, for two hours of entertainment. And if I'm spending $60 for, uh, you know, an unquantifiable amount of time where I can just literally play this whenever I want on demand, I feel like the value is there. So I always just equate it to, to a movie going experience. If, if I'm okay, Spending $50 for two hours and a night out, then I should not have a problem spending $60 on a game that I'll have forever. And Justin, if in your same example, if there's a movie that comes out and you says, I don't want to see that, what do you do? I don't go. Oh, look at that. (laughs) Problem solved. That seems pretty easy, right? Right. I, I get it. So, I mean, I, I think it is crazy that we still live in a world where we can pay $60 for a brand new video game. 
and uh, I'm okay with that. And then we started to see him go up to 70. They're going to go like, up to 70. Yeah. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? $70? It's like, dude, they got to keep the lights on. They got to pay their employees. Money's different now. Yeah, you're 100%. I mean, that's what it is right now. I mean, you're going to start seeing more games hit that $70 price tag, especially like these big AAA titles. Um Spider-Man, Miles Morales, the Cyberpunks, Assassin's Creed Valhalla's like those types of games will be $70 moving forward just because there's a lot more that's going into it. Like you said, they got to keep the lights on. They got to pay all these people with what they're trying to do with some of these things like it justifies it. Right. Um, and I and we talked about it on the show, too. There was a developer who said $60 just isn't going to cut it anymore. Um, I think it might have been Naughty Dog. They were mentioning that just how. $60 for this game. That's won so many game of the year awards. It's like, yeah, we did it because that was our project. That's what we wanted to put out. But moving forward, it's probably not going to be that case anymore. Yeah. It's just not sustainable. I mean, exactly. Are they really going to spend a hundred million dollars to make a video game and sell it for 60 bucks? Probably not. But I mean, here's the flip side, right? Let's just say that they make the game shorter, right? Like Valhalla. I, I've, I fought to the nail that the game was just too goddamn long, right? It was a 60 hour <laughs> campaign. And let's just say that they decide to make it a 20 hour campaign, but we've already tasted the 60 hour campaign and paid $60 for it. Now, are they, are they wrong for shortening the game to be able to still charge $60? I don't think so, but everyone's going to complain like, it's only 20 hours long. And you know, I paid 60 bucks for this. You know, I'm getting short change. It's an incomplete game, you know, stuff like that. Just like when you saw the argument with like Titanfall, where uh, the first one was no, there was no real single player campaign component to it. Every there was a campaign, but it was kind of done online and you would just do the matches and win or lose. It just kind of progressed the story. <laughs> and so people were upset about that. Like, well, it's only half a game. It's only the multiplayer component, right? And we've seen that time and time again, where like with Call of Duty, well, I only play multiplayer, so I shouldn't have to pay the extra money for the campaign because I don't really give a shit about it. And you can't you can't have it both ways, man. This is this is the game. This is how much it costs. You either buy it or you don't. Fuck off. <laughs> I don't understand what the problem is. And the other thing, too, because you mentioned Valhalla and that type of game, you spending 20, 30 hours on it. I might spend 40, 50, 60 hours. We have people in our community, particularly, I think, um, Gabby over a hundred. Yeah. Some of these people have spent years on this game. So there's, (laughs) there's some games where everyone's value is going to be a little different as well. Totally. And, and that's, they, they have definitely gotten their money's worth. You know, when you, when you do some sort of ratio with dollars to hours, you know, they they've literally spent like 15 cents on the game because they've gotten so much out of it. Whereas me, I'm just racing to the finish as fast as I can. I'm just like, fuck, this is a chore. But uh, I, that's the cool thing about video games. though, right. Is that we each have our own experience, especially with a game like that, where our no two experiences are the same, which is incredible. Yeah. And for example, you know, we, we mentioned the last of us too. Um, I completely played through that entire game, got the platinum trophy. I think all in all, it took me about 40 to 50 hours to get it. Uh, first time I played through it, admittedly, I was crawling all over the place and not going at a normal speed. Cause I was a little afraid of things. Second playthrough, everything was on easy and I was just running and gunning through mofos. Like it was no one's business, but some people might play through that game, go through the story. Okay. I'm good. That's their 20 to 25 hours. 
to them, does that justify the $60 versus me playing it literally an hour per dollar that I spent on it? It's going to be different for everyone. And ultimately it is up to the developer to decide what they value their particular product at. And we just have to kind of deal with it at some point. And like we said, if you don't like the price point, then just don't buy it. It's not that difficult. (laughs) Right. Which is interesting too, because the, there's this the number the number that's out there is sixty dollars for a completed game, right? Up, seems up, to be, until, that seems to be the standard. Yes. Yeah. So there's no one that really says, "Well, we think our game is worth fifty five dollars," <laughs> or you know, every once in a while there's a remaster that's forty, and then like the the indie games. Typically, the most I ever see an indie game is somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty dollars to twenty five bucks. I would say is probably the max when it's an indie game. Um, but it's so funny how. Uh, there, there aren't really different price points on movies, like movies, you know, a a brand new movie could be $15. It could be $10. It could be $18. It could be $25. They, they, they range so sporadically, whereas video games, it's $60, (laughs) it's $40, or it's some indie $20 or less game or like a a budget bin game if it's been around for a while. But I think that it's so funny how there isn't like a, uh, I think we should just charge like $54.99 for a game or it's more like a 44 game. Well, and um, that that used to happen too, like way back in the Super Nintendo to even Nintendo 64 days. Depending on who was developing it, if it was an in-house Nintendo product, you were probably paying close to $100 for one game. Yeah, it's expensive. It's crazy how that uh, dynamic has shifted. But I am curious to see uh, how long it will take for all games to be $70 now. Well, um, just to kind of round off the conversation, again, $60 for Skyward Sword HD. You can pre-order it right now on Amazon. And if you wanted to go back and play the original version on the Wii, it's $140 right now if you wanted to purchase it outright. So good luck with that. There you go. Also. And it's going to look weird. (laughs) And you got to move your hands all over the place. See, that's the other point of it, too, is I guess you could for this game make an argument that there was some additional development into it with the whole being able to play the game with just button controls versus motion controls. So in a sense, they kind of had to revamp two different types of games Mm -hmm. to go with it. I mean, either way, just like you could they could have said it was $80 and I still would have looked at and said, I want to buy that Mm -hmm. (laughs) no matter what, because that's just that's my thing. I'm a Legend of Zelda fan. I'm going to play those games and no one's going to stop me for that. Not, I won't stop you. I'll let you do whatever you want. Thank you. I'm even going to get the controls to treat myself as well. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, jeez. Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> Who's ever heard of it? <laughs> so I we like talked Zelda wearing the green outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Zelda the girl. <laughs> I love those memes. <laughs> uh, so we spent all this time talking about Skyward Sword, and that wasn't even the final announcement at the Nintendo Direct. Uh, the presentation concluded with Splatoon 3 getting announced. That is one of the few games that was actually announced coming in 2022. Uh, it looked like we had some weird little... I don't know. I was kind of thinking it was like a Mad Max open world single player type game the way it started off yeah i thought it was borderlands like uh because the very first borderlands remember you're like getting on the waiting for the bus or you're on a train mm-hmm. like you're on some sort of weird public transportation thing <laughs> and it's out in the desert and i don't know too many squids that can hang out in the desert <laughs> climate so it's kind of it was interesting to see that 
Yeah, so it looks like there might be some type of story or campaign mode in this just based on the visuals and how it actually started. But Splatoon 3, it's happening and it's coming in uh, 2022. Cool. I have the first Splatoon on the Wii U, but that is it. The Wii U. The Wii U. Yeah. I have the Amiibos. So that's cool. Yeah. In fact, I remember one time I ordered them while we were at Comic-Con because they just popped up out of nowhere. And I was like, sweet, I'll get it. (laughs) Man, you know, I really should have been going with the Amiibos like much sooner because all the ones that I want to purchase, mostly like Zelda ones and just little one-off characters here and there, they're like $90 for some of these bastards. Uh, And I don't understand. Oh, no. I have the Toon Link. It's the only link I have. It's the Toon Link. I have a Bowser. I have a Monster Hunter one. And uh, I have a Mega Man. It's so funny because um, <laughs> I had a bunch of these Amiibo on my Amazon list. And I remember around Christmas, my wife was going through and like, hey, so can you explain some of these things to me and why they cost $300? <laughs> Not worth it. I can tell you that yeah. right now. Uh, oh, you know what? I, I take that back. I have uh, the Breath of the Wild Amiibos, too. It's even the whatever the little of oh, the Guardian drone looking thing is. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have one of those, too. And uh, they're pretty cool. The only one I have is uh, Young Link from Jorah's Mask with the little Goron mask in front of him. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. A friend of mine bought that for me for my birthday one year. Cool. Oh, I have a Bowser Jr. too, which was a Toys R Us exclusive. But I saw it at which was I made a friend go because I was working. I had a buddy go and get me one, which was awesome. And then I saw it yesterday at Target. I was like, what the fuck? This was supposed to be a Toys R Us thing. But <laughs> if they don't exist anymore, then I guess that makes sense. I really want the uh, 8-bit Link version. It just looks so fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. He looks all chubby. <laughs> so blocky with his little Bible shield. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. It's like, oh, man, this really was terrible back in the day, wasn't it? But that's all we had. <laughs> oh, I know. I like it when he dies and he, like spins around with it and then just vanishes. <laughs> Sad. Is that oh, how you're going to uh, die? You're just going to spin in a circle and just vanish? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sucks to be you, guy. Oh, jeez. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it was a pretty good Nintendo Direct. That's, that's a lot of stuff we've been talking about for the last hour. Uh, mm-hmm. Considering we did, I mean, you did not get a Breath of the Wild 2 uh, info dump, which would have been great, but you figure that game was announced at E3 2019, I believe, and so two years of development, one of which was probably a complete wash because of COVID, so who knows? We'll just say it's a year behind schedule at this point. Yeah, and they did mention that there would be more information on the game later this year. So I wonder if it's going to be a Nintendo Direct around the time of E3. We get some information there in time for a holiday release. That kind of seems like something that could happen. Um, At least that's what I'm hoping for, Mm -hmm. obviously, but only time will tell. Yeah, we'll see. I need to give that game another shot. I'm in a a, a video game beating mood. You know, it's last week I said I, I challenged myself to be at least one video game a month, and this month I've done two, so I'm pretty excited about it. Wow. <laughs> oh, you are ahead of schedule. I know. It's, it feels pretty good. And I have Super Mario 3D World almost done. I just need to go back and get a couple of green stars because I don't have enough to progress 
which sucks that they do that, but whatever. Just open up an e-shop to be able to buy like a hundred green stars. But what can you do? So I am I'm rocking and rolling in the the game beating world. I'm very excited about that. Um, but we should mention that BlizzCon did have a digital event over the weekend on Friday and Saturday, which was a lot of fun. A lot of a lot of interesting announcements came on Friday. I think it started around like two o'clock in the afternoon, I want to say. Um, but uh, just a quick little rundown. There's not a whole lot to go over, but uh, there is the Blizzard Arcade Collection, which is announced and available on PC and consoles. It features the Lost Vikings, Blackthorn, and Rock and Roll Racing, uh, both in their classic and newly enhanced formats. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, World of Warcraft Shadowlands is getting a patch 9.1, Chains of, of Domination. That was announced where you're going to have a new location, uh, lots of new quests, a new 10 boss raid and um, an eight boss mega dungeon. Ooh, that's a lot. I like the okay. sound of that. Yeah. Uh, the World of Warcraft classic is getting the Burning Crusade expansion which is exciting uh the classic mode launched uh two years ago and i think it was like around uh october or november of 2019 but uh two years have since passed and blizzard is sort of every two years a new expansion so we are getting the um burning crusade expansion which is pretty exciting because that's a lot of people's favorite expansion i think that and wrath of lich king are probably uh ranked one and two amongst most fans as far as expansions go in in any order you don't have to you can be a, a wrath person or or a burning crusade it doesn't matter but what that does mean is that the characters are progressing and the whole point of classic was to take things back to how they were originally and so there is uh effectively going to be that crowd that wants to keep their character at level 60 so uh blizzard acknowledges that and wants to accommodate them and always have sort of that classic era uh, of existence because otherwise fast forward 10 years and we're going to be right back where we started again and you're going to want another classic mode so uh (laughs) that is something that you'll have to explore um and then hearthstone uh, is getting a new expansion forge in the barons so that's exciting and a mercenaries mode revealed. I don't really play the digital card games. Uh, speaking of physical media, cards is something where I get so much joy from tearing open packs and just seeing what cards I get. And I haven't found a way to translate that onto a digital space. I can click a mouse button and a little chest opens and cards are revealed, but it's not nearly as exciting as is stumbling through a 15 card pack and finding that exciting card. It's just a weird form of satisfaction, right? <laughs> it honestly is even going back to like playing Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh and all that stuff, just opening up the foil and having that like shiny card right up top. And especially being the one that like, Oh my God, I need this one. Or I wanted this one. It's such a great feeling after that. You don't care about the other 13 cards in there. It's like, I got the one. Yep. <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> God, when I at my peak, when I was playing Yu-Gi-Oh, there was uh, the Buster Blader card. And the reason why I wanted it is because everyone would buy the exp- the starter deck that had the blue eyes white dragon. So everybody just had this like overpowered card right off the start when they played this game. Um, I love that card because it was like a direct counter to it. I must have spent three hundred dollars on the expansions just trying to get that one particular card. 
Oh, Never man. got it until I walked into a shop. I was like, son of a bitch, it's on sale for 30 bucks. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> 400 and, or how much did you spend? $200? It must have been like close to $300 when yeah. it was all said and done just on the expansions. That's so great. I love it. So around here in Southern California, there's a place called Frankenstein's. And it's like this giant warehouse that just yeah. sells like a bunch of toys and comics and sports stuff and trading cards. And there was a, a gentleman that sold... Um, the into, like entire booster boxes of magic cards and they would be so cheap, be like $60, but you know, you're getting, uh, you know, several packs, like whatever, like 24 packs or 36 packs. I forget what it was, but it was a ton and it was only $60. So it's like a total steal versus paying $5 a pack inside or, or maybe even $7 a pack inside a store like target or something. And mm-hmm. so I would just buy these booster boxes every week and, you know, I'd go over to like Dave and Randy's house and we would just tear open all these packs. Look, you're looking for this, 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 and this. Let me know if you get it. And they would just tear it open. And it was so much fun. And uh, I can't, I can't describe the amount of satisfaction that came from just ripping that stuff open. Then you had this shiny mess of wrappers on the ground and it was so much fun. Yeah. Pokemon was awesome, especially at the peak of that game, just opening up a deck and getting like one of your favorite Pokemon only to realize, oh, this card's actually relatively useless. So that's fun. <laughs> Yeah, an army of squirtles, and it's great. <laughs> Who can go wrong? <laughs> you're going to get wet, and you're going to like it. This is a splash zone. <laughs> um, then we also had the rogue class was revealed in Diablo 4, so that's exciting. Got a cinematic trailer. Uh, there's going to be a PvP mode, um, and more is developing on that each and every day. So stay tuned for more on Diablo 4. Of course, with Diablo news comes Diablo 2 Resurrected, where you will now be able to con- uh, play Diablo 2 on PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series S, and Nintendo Switch. Holy shit. Yeah. If if you got a console, you can play Diablo 2 on it, which is pretty exciting. And I know that uh, there are some sticklers out there that absolutely love Diablo 2 and will not take any other form of the game. So uh, kudos to you for now being able to play it uh, sort of a remastered edition. So good luck with that. Yeah, how hilarious that yeah, Nintendo's, I think, biggest announcement was we don't have Breath of the Wild 2. So here's Skyward Sword. HD and here's Blizzard saying here's Diablo 2 go play it yeah <laughs> do it and then I guess there's Overwatch 2 but I I have I have zoned out of Overwatch I played it pretty hardcore and I spent a lot of money on the different loot boxes and then I just sort of abandoned the game I quit the game and I have yet to to go back to it and that was probably in like 2017 was the last time I played Overwatch so yeah it's funny. I, th- I hadn't heard of Overwatch in a while. Like, I obviously still knew there was an audience for it. Um, still didn't realize it was as big of a deal. And you were talking about like free type shooters that were out there. That's definitely another one that I think you can put on that list of just people adopting so quickly and going crazy for. Yeah. And I'm surprised that they're doing it, too. You would just think that they would just add new maps and and new characters, which they've done, you know, as far as characters go and everything. But um that is just crazy that they they obviously have something that warrants to make it a two but um i mean i guess it would just be money at the end of the day right like uh we now can charge sixty dollars for another game (laughs) and then more loot boxes and more characters and you know we're gonna leave a character out and everyone's gonna be mad but then we'll make it a paid character and then everyone will be happy again and we'll get more money so uh, Blizzard is is smart in how they they acquire funds. 
Yeah. And I was also going to say, thinking back to when destiny transitioned to destiny two, there seemingly was no reason for them to do it. But part of the reason was the game was so different just from an engine perspective. They reworked a couple of things and that's when they decided, well, we could just make this destiny two and that'll be our base game. And we'll just go moving forward. I'm assuming overwatch two is similar to that. There's so many changes under the hood that we're not going to really know about mm-hmm. that. It warranted it being a whole new release. Sure. Cause you're right. Otherwise it could have just been an update over the summer and called it a day. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I haven't played in so long, but I wouldn't be surprised if there have been some sort of huge overhaul patches and change this and change that and balancing issues and blah, blah, blah. But, um, I'm sure every day there's an idea that's thrown out that gets added to the list to be put on for Overwatch 2. So what can you do? But there you have it, BlizzCon. Oh, and it is worth noting that um, Metallica, I guess, was doing a a concert for BlizzCon, which they did a couple years ago, too. And Twitch decided that... uh, Due to copyright issues, they were going to cut out the Metallica music and just add like <laughs> weird, like eight bit folk music, which is kind of funny, uh, especially since, um, you know, it was Metallica that took on Napster and changed the way the world works when it comes to digital media and copyright issues. You know, before uh, it was the convenience of just logging onto a, a quick little portal and downloading whatever song you wanted. And that was the end of it. And it was basically equivalent to me giving you a mixtape or a CD that you can borrow. But now it is the convenience of sharing across the globe <laughs> changed things and people were not getting their money. It's not a big deal when you're like, oh, hey, check out this this sweet ass cassette that I have and you can rock out to it in your car. But when all of a sudden someone can download you know, a thousand songs in, in a day, then people will start to see their wallets uh, be impacted. So I remember Lars from Metallica was on a pretty, pretty gnarly crusade to shut that mother down. And then, of course, we got the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, which tried to find a way to just regulate how digital media is uh, acquired and purchased and listened to and viewed. Uh, and uh, wouldn't you know it, it kind of bit them in the end because <laughs> we didn't get to hear their concert because it was just weird music instead, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Things really do come full circle, don't they? They do. They do. They really do. And I totally get it. I mean, it's it's wrong to download stuff for free, you know, a la like Pirate Bay or whatever. But, um, you know, people do what they got to do, I suppose. Yeah, especially when it comes to downloading stuff, it's such a weird fine line because like on one argument, if I own, you know, Queen is my number one all time favorite musical artist ever. I have every single one of their CDs. I own even the individual artists when they had their solo careers. I own a bunch of their stuff as well. So that is my go to music whenever things are whatever. In theory, if I go on Pirate Bay, like you suggested, and download their discography, I, I didn't suggest. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, fair <laughs> enough. If uh, if one was to go to Pirate Bay and say, "I'm going to download the Queen discography so I can have it as a digital version on my computer," because I don't own a CD drive on my computer, on one argument, that's technically legal because I still own the physical copy over here. I'm just trying to get it digitally transferred over here. But obviously with things like Spotify, YouTube premium and whatever other music service you have sick is what I have. Yeah. It completely disregards all that stuff. Um, although I will say like back in the 
Pirate Bay and LimeWire days, it was kind of fun downloading random bootlegs of people's recordings. Like, I, oh, I snuck a microphone into a concert and Van Halen was playing at the Whiskey A Go-Go in 1967 or whatever thing. And here's David Lee Roth drunkenly singing La Bamba and no one else has that recording. Like, those things were kind of cool. Yeah, I had a I had a recording of Green Day doing Eye of the Tiger and it was pretty awesome. And he like forgets the words, so he's like, <laughs> uh, he's like rising up, because <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> he just starts doing the onomatopoeia type of thing. <laughs> it was pretty great. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Got So love yeah, it. you're right. I would have missed out on that gem had someone not do that, done that. But. Yeah, Apple Music's pretty convenient. I I literally just type in whatever I want and and then I download it and I have it and yay for that. But um I do miss the days of of Napster. I mean, I was in college at the time and I was like, holy shit, this is the greatest thing ever. Well, that's the other thing too, is um if you make things available, piracy goes way, way down. And music services, uh streaming services for audio, video, even game services. Having all that content up there is going to significantly reduce people's intentions and wants to illegally download stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, again, like I can't seem to find my original copy of Skyward Sword. I'm assuming one of my sisters have it or it's at home somewhere. But if I wanted to play that, I don't have that option right now. Hey, look, it's coming out in a couple of months where I can just purchase it on my Switch. Let me just do that. You know what I mean? Right. No, I get it, man. Crazy world we live in. Quit that's, your shit. D- that's your DMCA <laughs> lesson for the day. Yep. <laughs> anyway, that's all I got. What about you? You good? No. Yeah, it's good. That's uh, technically two things we went over, but it was a lot of two things. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you for listening to another fun and festive episode of the Pixelated Podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Pixelated at Stephen K. James, and at Edgy Armo. Happy to chat video games with you. Always a blast. And remember to check out the other podcasts that we have on our little network. Of course, there is the Geek Legacy Podcast, talking about everything in the realm of entertainment news. And, of course, the Don't Be Crazy Podcast, where we discuss uh, and dissect what makes a film absolutely amazing or just pure rubbish. And uh, this last week we did The Shining, and we had a special guest, Mr. Stephen Alvawood. And uh, it was a lot of fun, especially since both Zach and Stephen love The Shining. It was fun to sort of pick their brain and figure out what was what. So check it out. It'll be available on Monday. And uh, you keep rock and rolling. Remember to keep those controllers charged and treat all gamers with respect. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.